The insurance industry has begun to embrace digital transformation, and the impact on the insurance business is significant. As more and more companies migrate their operations to cloud platforms, they're doing so because there is much to be gained. Insurance firms that have already made the journey are reaping the rewards, the speed and agility to test and bring new products to market, the data analytics that's helping to pinpoint new markets, and the overall cost reductions that cloud-based technology can deliver. Hello, I'm Chris Henry, and this is Ahead of the Curve, produced by Gerent, a leading Salesforce consultation and implementation partner. In this episode, we'll hear from an expert in cloud migration in the insurance industry, as well as the chief information officer of a rapidly growing regional insurance company that's in the midst of its own cloud migration. Digital transformation can bring enormous benefits to companies no matter what industry they operate in, but a successful transformation can only be achieved as the result of a well-conceived strategy, a blueprint, or in techno-speak, a digital roadmap. Insurance companies also have to grapple with the issue of data security. That's one of the chief reasons they've been reluctant to adopt cloud technology. However, that no longer has to be a concern, but let's begin with that digital roadmap first. Don Vukovic is Gerent's insurance industry lead. He's got nearly three decades of experience in providing technology solutions for the insurance industry. And the first thing he tells companies thinking about embracing cloud technology is to take a long-term view and be patient with the transformation. Moving to the cloud is a multi-year effort. I think that's the first thing people uh, need to really understand is that this is not just uh, bringing in one application that's on the cloud and saying we are in the cloud. First of all, you really have to have a good idea of what is the target state going to look like in the cloud and who are the vendors that are going to be used to be in the cloud. Then you have to look at who do you, you know, what do you, applications do you have? What is your infrastructure like? What are the contracts? When do, can we get off those? It's very interesting when you think about it in a different paradigm, which is real estate and owning a real estate for insurance companies and how they manage the footprint of real estate. And that you have to look at your whole footprint. You have to look at the contracts, the costs, where are the new target places going to be? What are the issues? Can we get there? So it's very interesting in that you think that people think of this cloud as something that is unknown. It really is a set of technology that's put together that makes it easier to be accessed in a way that many people can use the same uh, platform to be able to generate their business at a lower cost. To do that, though, you know, what goes first? What goes second? What's third? What's the critical path? And so organizations really need to look at what does that look like? And what is easy to do? What am I going to move? What am I going to leave behind? And plan that out over the multi-year timeframe so that it's consistent. Finally, when you look at the roadmap and looking at that multi-year, uh, wish we were in a world where it was static so that when you started the process, it would be the same when you finish. But you actually are going to find that more and more vendors continue to improve their capabilities and others disappear. And so it's very important to choose the right platforms, 
to keep abreast of what is changing and then be able to change your overall roadmap. So it really is a living document that gets you into the environment that is going to be more effective for the business for the next 10 to 15 years going forward. Well, where do you begin? What's the first order of business? Infrastructure is the first part. What are the components of the infrastructure you need? The second part is security. What are your security models, your roles that you're setting up? Who has access to what areas and how does it map to your current environment for your security and roles? Uh, You usually start with something that is already very mature on the cloud uh, environment, which is email, collaboration tools. Those become some of the first applications that you bring across. Software vendors like Microsoft, Google have cloud-based applications of PowerPoint, of Word, of Google Docs that can get used. Those start to move the day-to-day. Then you move on to more transactional within the business and those applications that move there. And some organizations uh, are already on the cloud running large you know, infrastructure and applications for companies such as Salesforce and their capability in the CRM market. Place. You also have it in the financial uh, services uh, side, in your back office financial services, and those can be moved. Then you get into your core applications, which really are the heart and soul of most organizations that are on an on-premise solution set in the insurance world, and moving those applications across. The critical aspect in those applications are the custom data or intellectual property that you've built into those over the years. And you need to migrate that capability to a cloud solution. That's a significant effort and tools and capabilities are being built today to help do that in a very uh, streamlined way. Still a lot of work to do and in a phased approach uh, that you bring it over and bring over your environment, you bring over your applications, then you bring over your data to ensure that it works. And from there, after the lift and shift, now it's all about enhancement, speed to enhance. What other applications can I bring on? What else should I be connected to in the cloud? How else can I leverage the platform that I'm there? And that is really where the lift comes from in this overall migration. Copper Point Insurance is following this council. Copper Point is a rapidly growing regional insurer headquartered in Phoenix that's currently in the midst of its own cloud migration. Brad Lantz is the VP of IT and the Chief Information Officer there. He has adopted a slow and steady approach. We don't have a mandate to move everything. I, when we started into this, uh, I, I was pretty adamant about, uh, I, I don't have a you know, everything shall go to the cloud um, type of mandate. I, I really want it to be much more pragmatic around what makes sense. So as we drafted our cloud strategy, uh, we really articulated what we wanted to get from the cloud mm. and then developed a decision tree to just determine what applications are really best suited for the cloud and where we would get the most value. Um, and so we're working through the application por- portfolio to try to focus on those applications that will get a- the most value out of having them in the cloud. So to me, just saying, well, everything has to be in the cloud, um, 
doesn't really articulate why. I mean, we may end up there at, at some point um, just through the evolution of the strategy and, and the technology world in general. Um, but I wanted to focus much more on the why for the cloud rather than just mandate a um, 100% migration to the cloud. Um, and then it becomes a, it's a goal in and of itself as opposed to the goal is really um, improve our agility, improve the time, the value for projects and for work efforts that we're delivering on. There were two factors that influenced Brad's decision to migrate CopperPoint to the cloud. One was internal, and the other was an external issue that many insurance companies are likely running into as well. Yeah, our primary reason was really around improving the organizational agility. You know, when we look at uh, how we deliver projects, how we really deliver value to the organization, cloud enables us to move quicker. Uh, we can test ideas, to, um, utilize infrastructure that's that's available. Um, you can set up and tear down quicker from a project perspective. So it was really around organizational, you know, agility. There was kind of a secondary reason in that, you know, as we looked at our application portfolio, in some ways we were being compelled into the cloud. I mean, some, you know, software vendors, application providers, their latest versions are, are cloud only. So um, you're either going to get left behind and, and run more legacy or you're going to have to move to the cloud. And so in, the, in those instances, we really wanted to be a driver rather than um, just be you know, kind of at the mercy of, of the providers. We wanted to be out in front of this a little bit and, and have a more defined cloud strategy, uh, certainly, and then um, a cloud migration plan so that we're really thoughtfully executing through that versus just kind of ending up in, in a position at, uh, that's just kind of driven by external factors. Right? You know, 2020 has been a, a year where um, we've seen a lot more of a need to have everybody working from home and CopperPoint, like many other uh, insurance carriers have had to embrace a much more distributed workforce and cloud technologies have certainly allowed us to do more in that space. Um, so working from home and, and, you know, access, accessing your email and files and, and services, um, just needing an internet connection is uh, a huge step forward versus having to, you know, really rely on everybody coming in, connecting VPN, going deep into the systems to to get um, access to the things they need. We certainly have a lot of that as well because, you know, some of our systems are still, a lot of them are still on-premises, so um, they need that. But um, you can you can do quite a bit of, you know, Zoom and Outlook and, um, you know, a lot of the office applications, all of those kinds of things, um, being able to just access those through the cloud or, or is, you know, allows you to be much more mobile in, in terms of where you work. So mm -hmm. outside of that, I mean, really the, the cloud technologies, we're expecting the agility to come from, um, if you think about a typical project life cycle, I mean, you, you start a project and then you, you see this ramp up in, in resources and, you know, you, you're doing your development, you need a lot of environments to do testing and, um, and development on and then ultimately promote into production. And over the life cycle of that project, you know, the, the need for those resources, it swells and then it wanes towards the end. And so it's very conducive to that cloud flexibility of being able to provision 
new testing environments, do your testing, um, and then deprovision them when you're done. We've had some experience uh, just recently around some billing testing. And billing is, is an interesting one to test in that you typically have to run a scenario and then you need to advance all your clocks to see, well, what would happen you know, if somebody doesn't pay in 30 days or 45 days? And, and so there's a lot of time-based things that require clock advancement. And that additionally requires uh, new environments to test in so, so that you can kind of isolate those test scenarios. So you end up with a lot of environments to support those kinds of projects. And the, and the cloud um, allows us to do that without having to procure a lot of hardware that um, we don't have consistent need of and requiring our infrastructure team to build and provision environments just for say three or four months and then um, deep provision it. So Mm -hmm. that's a lot of the organizational agility that we hope to get. Uh, There's a lot of technologies on the cloud uh, that allow us to do things with just the way that we do development um, to embrace some of the the DevOps practices, uh, you know, continuous integration, continuous uh, delivery, uh, the tools available to us on the cloud really, really facilitate that well. So, those are really the areas that we've focused on initially for where we can we can see opportunity to improve our agility. Everything Brad just outlined can be considered part and parcel of the return on investment. Usually ROI is measured against the cost of something. What was the price tag and how much did we make in return? Don Vukovic measures the ROI on technology differently. From a cloud migration point of view, the, the first part when we are doing an ROI goes around what is disappearing. So this is the plumbing section of it, where companies that used to run mainframe, used to run large implementations, those organizations need to move because their current infrastructure is not going to be supported over the next 10 years. And it takes more than six months to actually do the movement completely. So when you look at it, you look at the ROI of cutting the costs out of these uh, maintenance agreements, out of the infrastructure and transitioning that to a more variable type of cost that's based on use and capabilities. So that's the first part of the ROI. The second part of the ROI is the streamlined applications, the ability to shut down, migrate, and merge capabilities, legacy applications that have been sitting there for uh, many years that really come together under one roof and into capabilities that make it easy for the organization to access. So that ROI can be mapped very easily as far as vendor licensing, software, capability, maintenance, another aspect. Then the third one that comes on are the enhancements. How how I'm gonna be in business three to five years from now, not 20 years from now, but three to five, and be able to compete against those vendors that are up and starts taking away our business. So being able to get new customers on at a lower cost point than my current environment does, being able to have the flexibility to change direction quickly, enter markets, exit markets, and having that growth plan. So those are all very critical aspects. And then finally, you have to factor in the ROI aspect of decision-making, the analytics, the AI capability that you can build upon this that are gonna make better decisions that allow us to reduce the cost of claims cost, premium leakage, areas which we've always had significant trouble managing and maintaining 
and our current environment become much more effective. If you take those four points as your starting point of your ROI benefits and you layer in the actual cost of the migration over time, you'll find a significant ROI benefit coming out of this, both in a very short period of time, but definitely in the longer period of time. You see yourself positioned for expansion and growth from a strategic standpoint, which can't be understated in an ROI. Insurance organizations, like their counterparts, the banks in financial services, handle a lot of highly confidential data. U.S. insurers who may have operations in Europe are now subject to the European Union's General Data Protection Regulations, or GDPR. Stateside, health data and financial data protections are regulated by several federal acts, and some states, like New York and California, are set to enact their own consumer protection legislation. I asked Brad Lantz about the challenges that data security present to CopperPoint, especially for their cloud migration strategy. Yeah, cybersecurity is something that we always have to be mindful of. I mean, we have a cybersecurity team. They're uh, embedded in uh, our product teams. So, you know, I, I typically refer to it as just DevOps, but a lot of people now like to talk about DevSecOps to really acknowledge the, the security component to, of that. But I think we're trying to continue to evolve our thinking and, and make sure that as we're developing something, we're mindful of security along the way, as opposed to build it, get ready to launch, and then say, "Oh yeah, we, we, we probably ought to run a penetration test on that," um, and, and you know, have it be more of an afterthought. So that's certainly you know something that, that we've evolved to, and, and then we've also um, taken advantage. I don't I don't know that um, most insurance companies are large enough to to have all of the security expertise that you really need. We certainly aren't. So we've partnered with a third party to help us in 24 by 7 by 365 monitoring and threat hunting throughout the environment. So we invest in solutions to, to be um, preventative and we partner with strong third parties to help bring expertise so that we can again you know uh, be preventative and really focus on um, any sort of detection and then we consider it as we're doing our development and, and product work to make sure that we're mindful of it all the way and not just trying to you know at the, at the last step um, wrap security around it but really embed yeah. it to the solution itself. The need for high levels of security is one of the reasons that insurers have hesitated to migrate away from an on-premises system. Don Vukovic at Gerent has some definite views on this topic. So today, their data is safe because they have it contained in a repository that is very hard to get to. However, it's not safe in that people still internally can get access, put it on a thumb drive, and leave. So the first part I would say is, while it is safe in some aspects, it is very vulnerable in others. So when we look at the cloud, the same paradigm actually exists. The data is safe within the structures and the, and the confines of your providers and that they have built significant layers, security, uh, cybersecurity, and monitoring much greater than an on-premise environment has today managing their network. 
in addition, the people they have and the capability and the alerts that they have are significantly much more advanced than your standard insurance company and managing it. So in that aspect, they have really hunkered down in being able to manage effectively the data within your systems. Where they're uh, working very diligently on, and the industry is, is the integration of data from multiple sources and ensuring that that data is both clean, clear, and not corrupt coming in and does not allow access that should not be allowed. And organizations have uh, significantly upped their game through the standardization, through the tools, through the capabilities, and even how data is being manipulated and managed to get into these cloud environments, you're actually finding that that environment has become extremely secure. So the area that is most hit upon these days, and this is where the cloud is, a significant advantage, is really in this significant technical hacking down at the IP level, if you will, where they're looking for different nodes and different capabilities that are more infrastructure-based that could be exposed. And that infrastructure-based exposure is being uh, addressed heavily by the uh, actual manufacturers of your servers, of your platforms, of your chips to integrate and embed secure systems for uh, cyber to make the cloud environment across the cloud much more secure than an on-premise environment is today. So significant strides, I would actually say in many aspects with the major players, that security is much greater than your on-prem today, as long as you're following their guidelines, roles, responsibilities, tools. What goes hand in glove with the cloud is artificial intelligence. The cloud's ability to store massive amounts of data combined with today's computing speeds and algorithms mean that insurers have powerful tools at their disposal, tools that CopperPoint Insurance plans to put to good use. Yeah, um, a number of ways. I mean, we've approached analytics, you know, again, from kind of a initial strategic perspective of what is it that, that we want to get from analytics? Where do we think opportunities are? And so we had a cross-functional group come together and, and talk about areas where we felt analytics could have an impact. And, you know, it's all across the company. So uh, whether it's how do we price a, a risk uh, most effectively so that it really tracks to the exposure or when a claim comes in, how do we perform analytics to make sure that that claim gets assigned to a, the adjuster that's going to be able to work with it most effectively um, and so forth. And so we uh, worked through and identified about 18 specific opportunity areas and then as a group scored those and, and ranked those and then took the top two and those became our initial two projects that we went after. And the cloud uh, again became just a, a tool in executing on that. We were building the models in the cloud and we're taking advantage of the opportunity to, you know, initially the models will execute on a smaller aspect of our book of business, but then as that grows and expands, you know, we don't need to do anything differently. The, the cloud will allow us to expand the, the capacity there. Uh, we're also taking advantage of the tooling available to us on the cloud. So from a pure API um, driven look so that we can make those models available to 
all kinds of different core systems um, to, again, the tooling that really helps us build them in a, in a DevOps fashion. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, as, as I said before, kind of the cloud was just a tool for us as we looked at the data analytics. So, yeah, that's kind of how we've, we've started that journey on the data analytics side. In February of 2020, Salesforce bought a company that Gerund had been working closely with in the insurance space. That company was Velocity, and their insurance-specific platform based on the larger Salesforce model has proven exceptional for insurance companies. Velocity is now Salesforce Industries Insurance, but its offering continues to be in demand. The solution that is being provided by Salesforce Industry is very advanced in multiple fronts. Number one, they're taking the capability and the learnings from Salesforce being one of the number one cloud applications that companies use on uh, from large scale to small scale and the infrastructure and knowledge that they built and are applying it to Velocity's insurance transaction solution. So being able to leverage the capability and the knowledge and expertise of Salesforce running large applications implementation on the cloud effectively is an advantage to the overall solution for insurance companies. Now you add in Velocity's low-code capability that provides the add-on templates necessary to do insurance transactions in that environment, allows organizations to bring up products faster than their current environment, allows them to add and tweak the environment to customize to their customers and vendors, and done in a way that is focused around the product and around the customer, which is different than the old insurance applications that are focused around the old clerical processing, step one, step two. So that whole mindset of how you actually operate fits a customer model-centric better than do the current platforms that are out there. So it really is a one plus one equals four in this case, uh, when the Velocity and Salesforce came together to become Salesforce Industries for insurance companies to implement their products, their capabilities, their administration, their service in a customer-facing 360 manner, which is what every insurance company has been looking to do for many, many years in EI. There can be no question that technology offers so much potential for the insurance industry. The fears around data security are allayed by the levels of cybersecurity in place in the cloud, levels that are getting better and better every day. The ability to micro-segment markets through data analytics and unearth opportunities is very real. Giving the policyholder the means to get quotes, purchase coverage, and adjust as needed in a very mobile way is a true business advantage as well. Finally, the cost reductions that come from what Brad Lantz refers to as organizational agility are very real. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ahead of the Curve, produced by Gerent. In fact, why not visit our website at gerentllc.com for more information. Our thanks to Brad Lantz at Coppertone Insurance for his frank views on cloud migration as well as to our insurance industry lead, Don Vukovic, for his expert input. Technical production for Ahead of the Curve comes from Dave Grine at the Acme Podcasting Company in Toronto. I'm Chris Henry. Thanks for joining us.